It's <sighs> kind of crazy. Uh, a lot of people ask me was yesterday's show. Uh, we cut Mondays out. <laughs> um, no, like, I was kind of like tired yesterday because the weekend was busy. And uh, a lot of things happened on the weekend. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, example, yeah. Was, uh, you know, for example, you're hanging out with the family for the family reunion thing, and that was kind of fun. That was, um, kind of fun, though, so one thing I found out is, like, never go on a road trip <laughs> with these people, because it'll be, because you'll end up in the ghetto, which is kind of funny, um, or you end up getting, like, wrong directions and you end up showing up in another state. <laughs> Oh, yesterday's... Uh, thank you, though. Oh, I just... Thank you. Um, you know, it was... Yesterday was kind of like... Um, we didn't get to do the show because... Yesterday I was doing a lot of, like... Things yesterday, working out, writing... Stories and stuff, and... Um... Yeah, just sort of like enjoying Monday, as odd as it could be, like, I just felt like enjoying the day, you know? Um, so, anyway, like, Sunday I went to the family reunion, and, uh, I haven't been at, like, one of those for, like, ten years. <laughs> I haven't seen my cousins that much, um, and they were, like, stunned that I showed up to it. And... Yeah, it was, um, it was really fun. It was like, and hearing that the older members of the family is going to go on a road trip because they're excited, you know, especially my aunt. I think my aunt kind of knows that her health is not going to be great anymore because she had a heart attack. She has heart problems, and I think she just wants to do, like, one trip that would be something that she wants to remember and have, you know, a good memory about. And it was just, it was one of those things that, you know, one, I am so happy for She was just, she was ecstatic. She was, like, excited. And she was cracking jokes. And she was just like, we got to do this road trip. You know, we all might end up in a nursing home next year. <laughs> it was just, like, one of those things. And... You know, for me, like, you know, she was just like, you want to go? I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, you know, my cousin's gone. My cousin volunteered him and his girlfriend. They're like, we'll go just to keep these old farts in mind. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, and, uh, 
by and say, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be at the beach, you know, Ronnie could do some snorkeling, and my uncle Ronnie was just like, I ain't snorkeling shit. <laughs> so, it was, it was one of those things, like, that I'm happy for them about, you know, this road trip and stuff, and my dad's like, I don't know if we could go. And I'm like, why? You know, and the thing is, like, I said to him, like, just go on a road trip. Just do it. You know, you're going to be like, oh, I wish we could have went. Do it. You know. This this year has not been great. <laughs> so just go do something that's fun and memorable. And just don't end up like uh, Clark Griswold, you know. So, it, that's the one part that was pretty funny, and uh, yesterday a lot of things opened, um, a lot of things closed, um, St. Louis Zoo is going to be opening back up, you have to make reservations, um, which is dumb, because I, I kind of made this comment, and I ended up getting blocked. <laughs> by the news um I I wrote like what is the point of having to make this reservations you have protests you have riots you have looting nobody's keeping their social distance and protesting so why make reservations and why force people to wear a mask I mean like here's the dumbest thing and I'm not making reservations to go to the zoo because I ain't gonna go because I don't feel like wearing a mask when I'm outside in the summer and it's hot as hell, you know. Why why should I wear a mask? You know? Like why? And the the thing that bothered me was and what kind of like was like I'm not going ever to the zoo this year. Is that they closed the penguins. The penguin house. You cannot see the penguins. At all. They closed it. They closed it off. They're like, you can't go see the penguins. I'm like, what? Do penguins have corona? <laughs> like, all you smell is fish and tuna. That's it. That's all you smell in there. But they, they closed it. And, and, uh... I take I assume they're going to be closed in the reptile house as well and the you know and all that. And the thing about it was just like is there hasn't been a lot of cases of coronavirus that you hear of during this whole time. You you really don't hear much about it. You don't hear people, you know, being tested positive or anything. All you hear now is like the, you know, protest, protest, peaceful protesting. And now you're going to hear like George Floyd's funeral on television. They're airing that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I find it weird that they, they air funerals. I thought they had a funeral for George Floyd. You know? I thought they had his funeral, which is kind of fucked up. You know? 
don't know like why and the weird thing about it is I know I'm going to get a lot of you know heat on this one I'm going to use a wrestling term heat and I did watch this wrestling documentary I got to talk about which is pretty fucking funny um is this funeral is like they're going to have Joe Biden say something and and they made note that they recorded it <laughs> in case Joe Biden says something stupid Joe Biden is the most retarded individual on God's green earth and I know a lot of people are like you know Joe Biden has not been the same it's like no Joe Biden was Joe Biden when Obama was running like he called Barack Obama Barack America and I'm like he's not a fucking superhero Joe <laughs> Joe Biden is like the Democrats answers to George W. Bush cause George W. Bush said some stupid shit running the education system the question is is our children learning <laughs> and of course he you know my favorite one was you know nobody knows what the left hands what the left hands doing you know what the right hands doing <laughs> the right hand doesn't know what the left hands do and he lifts up his left hand for his right hand and the right hand for the left hand and i'm just <laughs> i just and i and w you know w is not the brightest light bulb in the house. I mean, it's pretty bad when the smart brother's named Jeb. <laughs> it's just... Uh, but anyway. Joe Biden's just, you know... Like, my favorite one... He was on our news channel. And he talked about the economy... And he talked about the economics and the economy. He goes, what we need right now is an economic intercourse. And I remember just sitting there going like, did he just... <laughs> did he just say that? So, that's my favorite quote, was just like that. It was like, you know, what our economy needs is an economic intercourse. <laughs> it's just... Uh, but anyway, I watched this documentary yesterday, um, and it was about wrestling. I never, <laughs> in my life, I'd never seen anything so dumb and violent at the same time that I just was like, this is stupid. I watched this documentary about this hardcore wrestling show <clears throat> about I think it's a Deep South I, IWA is I think what it's called and I never seen the dumbest white trash people on on the planet earth until I saw this documentary and this documentary all you see is a bunch of dumb yoko loco 
people who are you know you know beating the shit out of each other in front of like a small group of people <laughs> you see people throw themselves through um um light tubes uh bob wire flaming table and I'm just sitting there going like, what is the point of this? <laughs> Who's this entertaining? And did I just see a dude get stabbed? <laughs> and I'm watching this shit. And I don't understand it. I don't understand these people. And some of them look like my neighbors, which is pretty bad. <laughs> It's just, and I'm just sitting there going like, this shit is awful. And you have the guy on there, he, he's, I don't know how they never made TV shows about these people. Because I'm sure if you made this show on like true TV, it'd be a massive hit for people. You know, rednecks would watch rednecks. And this, the, the promoter, I take it, is on there going like, yeah, you know, we we got kicked out of that building over there, and, you know, and the cops showed up, and I didn't know, you know what we're going to do. And I'm just sitting there going like, this dude is the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. I, you know, when I watch this stuff, I'm, I'm there's several questions in my head. One, how are these people alive? <laughs> Two, how are they not in jail? Three, meth does a lot of things to people. <laughs> and, of course, you got this dude on there going, like, yeah, one match I wrestled, I lost a nut. And I'm just like, time out. Did... He said nut, right? In that meaning, he lost a testicle in a match. <laughs> and you see this dude, like, bleeding. And you see the blood just pumping out of him, bleeding. And you see these people who are just like, yeah, he's bleeding. And you see one dude get stabbed. And these are the dumbest motherfuckers I have ever seen. The fans, there's a lot of problem with these people. One, they need to get help. Two, they need to get help. Three, they need to go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> like, I don't understand these people. And it's, it's the same way with, like, backyard wrestling. Like, backyard wrestling is, like, the dumbest shit that's ever been done. I mean, I, as a as a dude who grew up in watching the Attitude Era, you know, yeah, you know, there's kids who were wrestling, you know, backyard, going, like, I'm The Rock. I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm just like, these people are dumb. <laughs> and I watched wrestling. And I still, like, tune in and out on wrestling. Like, I, I, like, Dark Side of the Ring is, like, one of my favorite shows. And it's about wrestling, but it's about the true side of wrestling. You know, it's about, you know, and you hear, like, a lot of the shit that happened to these people. Like, you know, getting addicted to drugs alcohol, um, 
getting involved with criminal element. <laughs> like, and it's really, that part to me is like fascinating. That The stories behind the curtain at wrestling shows are more fascinating than what's going on in the ring. But watching a lot of these like hardcore wrestling stuff, the you know all that, these people are never going to be WWE material. These people would be lucky to be joining the Juggalo Championship Wrestling, and I didn't even know Insane Clown Posse had their own wrestling <laughs> promotion until I found out, and I'm just like, damn. So, anyway, that's what I watched. I watched, I watched an almost an hour of redneck on redneck violence that, you know, Jerry Springer producers are probably like, why didn't we get these people? (laughs) We would be still on the air if we got these people. (laughs) It was just, ugh. I'm pretty sure some of them showed up on Cops. Who knows? But anyway, let's get into the other uh, stories. Um, We'll get this one out of the way. The Flash star Hartley Sawyer, who played uh, Ralph Dibbian, Elongated Man, the Elongated Man, was fired... By uh, was fired from the Flash after resurfacing controversial tweets. That surprised me. That um, they fired uh, the guy who plays Elongated Man. I haven't watched the Flash. I haven't watched the Flash since I think season four, season three, season four. Um, I th- I forget which I forget which episode it was. I haven't watched the show in a while. Um, I think I haven't watched it when uh, Legends of Tomorrow Tomorrow launched. I haven't watched it when that you know happened. Um, but I did watch like uh, clips of like I did watch Crisis on Infinite Earths. I watched that, and I I, I when I had Netflix, I did. You know, when I had Netflix, I did, you know, watch some, you know, seasons of The Flash and, you know, see what the crossovers were like. The ones like uh, Elseworld and um, the ones where they fought the Nazi versions of themselves to make a statement. You know, I, those were like the ones I watched. And, um, you know, when I seen Elongated Man, I... You know, seen like uh, YouTube videos of him, and when I watched, I was just like, they basically ripped off Eel O'Brien, Plastic Man's character traits. You know, Elongated Man being involved in the criminal element. You know, having sarcastic, witty humor with people, and I'm just like, that is Plastic Man you just ripped off. Like, Elongated Man was like the smart scientist type dude. Plastic Man was this goofy ass character who's just like I don't know what the f- I don't give a fuck to be quite honest with you, <laughs> like type of person. They just basically ripped off Plastic Man, 
and just put elongated man. And a fun fact about it is, Elongated Man was in fact a ripoff of Plastic Man because Plastic Man wasn't with DC Comics at the time. Plastic Man was in fact the first uh, stretchy superhero type character. He was before Elongated Man and he was definitely before uh, Mr. Fantastic. So Plastic Man, Eel O'Brien, is the OG stretchy superhero. For those who didn't know that. And I like Plastic Man, and it kind of bothered the fuck out of me when I watched this character, this character in the Flash. I'm like, "That's Plastic Man you just ripped off!" Like, <laughs> it's just like you could have just put Plastic Man in the show. I wouldn't really care, you know. But as a fan of the character, I'm just like, "This bothered the fuck out of me!" Like, and. To be quite honest with you, Plastic Man kind of deserves his own TV show, his own movie. You know, and the character is such a iconic and but very underrated character that it just bothers me that they wouldn't even do Plastic Man on the show. But, you know, anyway, Hartley Sawyer... Uh, will not be returning for season 7 of The Flash. Warner Brothers TV, CW, and Berlanti, and showrunner Eric Wallace said, In a joint statement in regarding to Mr. Sawyer's post on social media, we do not tolerate derogatory remarks that target any race, ethnicity, national origin, gender, sexual orientation. Such remarks that are... Such remarks that are to our values and policies which strive to evolve from promote a safe, inclusive, productive environment for our workforce. And the costumes for these characters look like shit, to be quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> I mean, not the Flash. The Flash looks somewhat normal. Um, I don't really like the cowl, to be quite honest with you. It makes his head kind of look big. Um... I'm just looking at a photo of all the characters. Cisco looks like a weirdo, but, you know, it's my opinion. Uh, the tweets uh, in question were from back in 2012 to 2014, prior to Hartley Sawyer's joining The Flash in 2017, have been deleted, but as it is in the internet, tweets resurface in the form of screenshots. I don't know who the fuck took the screenshots, uh, but I'd be honest with you, like, who takes screenshots of 2012 and 2014 tweets and just keep them like, when something happens, I'm going to post this shit. Um, <laughs> you know. But anyway. I mean, in some of those tweets I read, I was just like, this dude's a fucking idiot. Like, why would you write that shit? Uh, Hartley, who played... Hartley Sawyer, who played Elongated Man in The Flash. Similar tweets by James Gunn to tweets... Uh, James Gunn's tweets were kind of disturbing. I will just throw that out there. Like, his tweets were just fucking disturbing. When I read them, I was just like, this dude is fucked in the head. Like, because, uh, similar tweets to James Gunn. Uh, James Gunn tweeted, you know, appears to be joking about sensitive subjects such as misogyny, pedophilia, racism, and rape. Hartley Sawyer's tweets were the same exact thing, like, and when I look at, like, some of these tweets that him and James Gunn did, I'm gonna be serious, I'll be honest with you, 
they were fucking disturbing. Like, a lot of these people, I think, you know, it's like, that's why everybody calls Hollywood Holly weird. Hollywood people are just fucking crazy. Especially with today's time. Like, they want to defund the police. You people are fucking crazy. I mean, we all know you're crazy, but defunding the police would be total anarchy. It'd be like basically straight up Gotham. Except everything would be disturbing and everything would be violent. So, uh, this is what I, his tweet he uh, wrote in February 2012. If I had a wife. I would beat the hell out of her tonight. LOL. First off, that is not funny. That is not amusing. That is not funny at all. Saying that is just disturbing. And straight up horrifying to write that. He wrote this in June twenty, uh, June 5th, 2012. As a lad, one of my favorite activities was kidnapping homeless women and cutting off their breasts. December 19, 2012. He wrote the tweet, Dozing off on my couch like a child molester slash my brother. November 2014. He wrote, Jingle bells, Batman smells, women shouldn't vote. He wrote, like, a lot of disturbing shit. And reading those, like, that is just, like, this dude has mental issues, obviously. And the weird thing about it is with James Gunn's part, he got his gig back and he got a new gig, which is directing Suicide Squad. Um, you know, like, that is just some of this stuff like I just I don't understand this dude so uh, Eric Wallace wrote an African American who posts on Twitter including hashtag Black Lives Matter hashtag this morning many of you learn Hartley Sawyer will not be returning for season 7 of The Flash concerning his social media tweets they broke my heart and made me mad as hell. And they've included a large problem in our country because of present because as present our country still accepts products continuing continual harassment, unconscious and otherwise, terrorizing and brutalizing of black and brown people, which is far too often fatal in our country. That's why our country is standing up once again, shouting enough, taking the streets. So apparently, he doesn't want to talk about the violence on women and you know and all that. Uh, Hartley Sawyer, of course, apologized on Twitter, on Instagram, not on Twitter, ironically, but on Instagram he wrote, "My words, irrele- my words, irrelevant." Irre- Revelevant of the meant that on the intent of humor were harmful and unacceptable. I am ashamed. I was capable of really. Of, 
I was capable of these really horrible attempts to get attention at the time. I regret them deeply, he said. This is what this was not acceptable behavior. These were words I threw out there at the time with no thought or recognition of harm of the harm of my words could do. Now have now have done today. Oh, he did write on Twitter. Last week, Hartley, uh, Hartley Sawyer posted the following on Instagram in support of Black Lives Matter on Twitter. Um, yeah. Season of the seven of The Flash will debut in January 2021. It's currently unknown how the show would deal with Hartley Sawyer's departure. I can't... I actually, be honest, I look forward to seeing how they're going to do it. Um... Batwoman showrunner. We'll get to this one as well. Might as well, you know, get to two uh, CW shows out of the way. Um, Batwoman showrunner comments on the new character Ryan Wilder. Uh, we talked about last time we were on the show. Uh, we did the show. We talked about Ryan Wilder, and I don't know if you hear in the background. It's raining here. Uh, who is? The new replacement, the new Batwoman. Um, And we talked about how they're bringing the show, this character in. She lives in a van with her plant. (laughs) And I, when I heard this, when I, not heard this, but when I read this, I was just like laughing hysterically at (laughs) this, this, um, character idea they're putting out there um she lives in a van with her plant uh she you know she stole milk from you know milk from street cats of gotham which i course made the comment where i throw the flag down a bullshit because no one would steal anything from anyone in gotham especially cats on the streets I mean, Gotham City cats look like they will shank a fool. Like, they will, like... <laughs> you know, and... I don't think you would steal milk from a cat on... In Gotham, because Catwoman, Catwoman would show up and just fuck somebody up on sight. Like, she would just kick the shit out of somebody. <laughs> you try to steal from one of her own. You know. So, anyway. Following season one, Ruby Rose left... Batwoman role in the series regarding to the decision of the new character and said it was simply replacing Ruby Rose Batwoman creator executive producer showrunner Caroline Dry said quote to be honest with you I did consider the soap opera version of a hot minute but selfishly because we had already uh, already a couple episodes written and the transition-wise would be seamless, Dreyer said. Upon further reflection, and Greg helped me make this call, he is way smarter than me about this sort of stuff. He said, you know, we should just reboot the character. In terms of reboot Batwoman as a different character, 
and also respect everything that Ruby put in the, the Kate, Katie Kane character, Kate Kane character. She said Katie Kane, but Kate Kane, you know. And I just think it helps the audience a little bit too. That we are not, that we're not asking them to address the elephant in the room. Ruby Wilder, of course, is not a character in the DC Comics, but Dreyer's offering. It sounds like a, it's a new character created just for the show. You know, let's pause it here. Um, if I, you know, was somehow involved with the show, I know this is going to be, I know this is probably going to anger a lot of people, and a lot of people are going, like, wait, what? Why didn't they just replace the character with an already established Gotham character? Like uh, Renee Montoya. Hmm? Or Cassandra Kane. I mean, I know those two were in The Birds of Prey, but Renee Montoya would be interesting as Batwoman. I mean, she's a GCPD officer. What if she's just like, you know what, I had it with Gotham City Police. And just decided to become Batwoman. You know, take over the role of Batwoman. It's like, what if in this new season, uh, Renee Montoya, of course, is a, you know, she was a detective, but she was pushed down in the ranking to be, you know, a street cop. And she sees all this corruption of, like, detectives taking, you know, the corruption of Gotham coming back since Jim Gordon. Um, Jim Gordon's gone. Like, what if it's revealed that Jim Gordon died? And she's trying to figure out who was the one who killed him. And she has to deal with this police, you know, captain, the chief of police. And what if she's just like, you know what, fuck it. I've had it being fighting within the law. What if I go outside the law and fight? What if I, you know, what if she becomes Batwoman? Like, that would be an actually interesting element for the show. It would be like, you know, actually making it interesting. But instead, these... These uh, these cats are just like you know what we got to do everything we can just to like check mark every social thing to get every person's approval. It's just like what if you just create a damn good show, an interesting show with an interesting element? You know, for me, I would love to see that. You know, like a good crime show. I mean, and stuff like. I mean, you could bring, like, um, the guy who played Harvey Bullock back. What if Harvey Bullock is, like, a retired cop? What if he was just, like, instead he's retired but was forced into retirement? And what if he helps Renee Montoya, Batwoman, take down these guys for Gordon to honor Gordon's memory? Like, what if they did that? Like, that would be interesting. (laughs) You know, that would be really cool. That would be a really good fucking show. In fact, it would be a good story to see. You know, I mean, Renee Montoya was always an interesting character. And she was really an interesting part in the Birds of Prey movie. But with this show, you could show everything about Renee Montoya. Like, you know, she was, you know, an excellent fighter, detective, investigator. Like, come on, like. do that but instead no we're gonna 
Invent a whole new character who is boring already. You know, so... Anyway, uh, Dryers goes on to say, quote, I'm inventing a whole new character who, in her past, was inspired by Bat inspired by Batwoman. So she will take on the mantle and is completely, maybe, not the right person at the time to be doing it. So that's what makes it fun. Oh, here's the synopsis and bio of who Ruby Wilder is. Ruby Wilder, female, mid-late 20s, any ethnicity. Ruby Wilder is about to become Batwoman. She's likable, messy, little goofy, and untamed. When I like how they put... I, I said it before. <laughs> I like how they put, she's likable. <laughs> as the first thing to put up after she becomes Batwoman. She's nothing like Kate Kane. The woman... Who, who the woman who wore the bat suit before her with her with no one in her life to keep her on track Ryan no oh, sorry Ryan Wilder I don't know why it says Ruby Wilder on this one I don't know I take it a um, Ruby right so it's a typo um, <laughs> Ryan spent her years as a drug runner dodging GCPD and masking her pain with bad habits. Today she's reformed, sober. Ryan lives in a van with her plant. <laughs> like that that part just killed me. Like she lives in a van with her plant. She's supposed to be this inspiring hero, but instead it's just like look how pathetic she is. She lives in a van with her plant. <laughs> that that part just like that that part right there just made me go like I kind of want to watch this show. <laughs> I I never watched the first season of Batwoman, but part of me just wants to watch this show. Um. <laughs> so, and this part right here, they just they're trying to make this character likable, acceptable, and relatable. But you, when you put in she she lives in a van at her plant. That's not relatable at any means. So, a girl who would steal milk from an alley cat. I throw the flag down. Like, it would, I would love to see that. Like, if she tried to steal milk from a cat, an alley cat, Catwoman would show up and be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Catwoman would just kick the shit out of her. She could kill she could also kill you with her bare hands. Ryan is the most dangerous type of fighter. Highly skilled, wildly disciplined. Time out. I thought she was not disciplined because right here, if you go back, with no one in her life to keep her on tracked on tracked, which means she's not disciplined when she's not on tracked, but here it says wildly disciplined which is it is she not disciplined is she disciplined Wh which one is it like come on you know <laughs> yep so I I don't believe that like she cannot like I could believe 
Kate Kane can beat anybody because she was military trained. But, you know, this character is supposed to be like she, you know, lived on the streets of Gotham. She was a, do- a drug runner, dodging GCPD, has bad habits. How does she have bad habits if she's, you know, she's off track, masking her pain with bad habits, but yet is wildly disciplined? So, here's the most important part, folks. An out lesbian, <laughs> athletic, raw, passionate, fallible, fallible, sorry, fallible, and very much not your stereotypical all-American hero. This character just sounds like a mess. Literally, of course, you know, they did put the term... <laughs> messy (laughs) so this character is just that this character is messy I still think they should have just went with an established character in Gotham I still think they should have just went with Renee Montoya as Batwoman that is just my opinion of it and plus you could have just made an awesome show you know out of it like like I said Montoya being a detective, but forced into becoming a street cop, you know, due to corruption and the GCPD and all that. Like, you could have just made that. Renee Montoya Batwoman, but instead, you know, I know a lot of people are like, well, she's the question. Yeah, that's cool, but she could have been an awesome Batwoman, in my opinion. So. Anyway, this show is just like, I... I I I think they should have just canceled it to begin with. You know, once you lose like you lose your established titled character in the lead, you should just throw in the towel and be like, you know, we're done. <laughs> so, um. Anyway, let's get to this bleeding cool story, bleeding cool article. DC Comics leaves Diamond. And the earth still the earth still continues to revolve by Rich Johnson, who I take is very upset with this uh whole thing. I I'd be honest with you, I never seen anybody I, I take it Rich Johnson has is an investor for Diamond. <laughs> like Um So, the people like at you know Mile High Comics and um, it's pretty funny though with Mile High Comics they're like we're giving you a fifty percent off sale and I bought shit I bought like one comic from Mile High and I never I never imagined I spent a lot of money on one book and I had to pay for the shipping so. And I had to pay for the shipping too. Like I never, you know, Mile High Comics. I, I, if you ever travel anywhere, like if you ever go to Colorado, I never been to Colorado. Don't go to Mile High because they are like, they are like the most overpriced store ever. So anyway. 
Mile High is giving a 50% off DC Sucks sale. DC Sucks 50% off. That's still that 50% still will not cover the price that they they want you to pay. <laughs> um And I, I mean I have nothing against Mile High. I mean Mile High of course is they're good, you know, I mean like I'll give them I'll give them props. They Mile High had a German, you know, shipping hub facility and stuff, and I take it that affected him. Um, and I don't, I don't get like why you know a lot of you know people are mad at DC for continuing on their. Well, here it is. Uh, he got mad over. He did. He wrote this whole lengthy article. Um, about how you know he refers to so you know he refers to AT&T who owns DC as a new kingpins for DC and and he's upset over like Diamond and DC DC leaving Diamond DC's course with new distributors new printers and they're putting out books they're you know during this whole COVID thing. And, oh, by the way, Hannibal is now available on stream on Netflix. If you have Netflix, I highly recommend checking out that show. i seen this, like, clip. This news article thing popped up. Hannibal is now on Netflix. Um, if you have Netflix, watch Hannibal. That is, like, one of... That is one of my favorite shows. Like, I... Uh, I was, like, hooked into the show because the show um if you ever seen like silence of the lambs it's about dr hannibal lecter who is a psychologist and also a cannibal um hannibal cannibal um so anyway um anyway dc course you know um DC, of course, has a new distributor, the new printers and stuff. They they didn't stop putting out comics. They did digital, and they, you know, of course, they did not do what Marvel did: furloughed their employees. Um, you know, they instead put them, you know, on digital books. They did the Batman digital book. Uh, digital books, Superman, Wonder Woman. Uh, of course, they have Batman, The Adventures Continues, the continuation of Batman, the animated series. And they did a lot of those. And they were, at the time, looking for new printers, new distributors. Or pr- One of the printers, of course, they did DC, uh, DC Giants, of course, is in uh, Owensville, Missouri, you know, uh, because nothing shut down there. Um, so they, of course, you know, did that. And the thing is, you know, Diamond, I I mean, Diamond's kind of been one of those companies that I take it, they will cut you a new good deal and stuff. And I take it that a lot of the, you know, 
people got upset about that. So, so, anyway, uh, I like how he writes like the, he goes on like this long ranty, you know, rant, and he goes like, P.S., so, P.S., I am beginning a 50% off back issue sale today, code word DC sucks, um, yeah, I bought a book from you on Amazon. I didn't get 50% off. And first off, 50% off back issues. I like to know how much your back issues cost. <laughs> like, just to give that 50% off. Um, <laughs> you know, for for that. Because I, I bought a Catwoman comic. A 90's Catwoman comic. And it was $13. And it wasn't a key issue. It was like 13 bucks for that issue. And I'm just like... That is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so, um... Anyway. And I make no apologies for the forthrightness of the code name... Code word choice. As I am rightfully and tr- truly pissed off... The 50% off DC Sucks co-word applies for all 10, mil- 10, million and pl- 10 million plus of our back issues comics magazines, including an awesome collection of that Pam purchased this morning. Those key issues and will be in our premium new stock link at about 10 a.m. tomorrow, Saturday morning. Only new issues, my few variants, are and professionally graded comics are excluded. So you can't get so you can't use the fifty percent off for new issues, the few variants and you know professionally graded comics you know are excluded. Please stay safe and have a great weekend. We will we will all survive because love is love. But when it comes to D C apparently that <laughs> So people are like pissed. And I defended D C DC is a company. AT&T is a company. They have to make money. They have to. I mean, like, I mean, they did not furlough their employees. They did not fire any of their employees during this pandemic. They kept them employed. They kept them working. Marvel, I think, I don't even know if Marvel is back open. Like, I, I gotta look up Marvel real quick. Um, so, uh, let's get in this one. Rumors about DC, rumors about big DC digital publishing inactive. Again, by Rich Johnson. Look. You know how those you know how this goes occasionally the great tidbits uh tiniest tidbit or what's coming down the pipe from rather well connected sources. I may not understand a whole whole of it, though implications certainly not wide picture. It it, it was like that DC looks uh sorry. 
it was like that at DC Comics when I heard the mentions of the term 5G. Even though that was then canceled, the greater details we got and confirmations from the likes of Jeff Johns and Tom King all spilled out in one mention. <clears throat> so in spite of that, and aware that this could lead to nothing as well something, here's what I've been hearing this weekend. Yes, 5G is most definitely canceled at DC Comics with the kill fees paid to those who created not uh, inconsiderable amounts of work of it. I understand what's uh, what Robert Venetti had been working on as well explaining why his Justice League run was initially short and the other creators I heard solidarity connected with the 5G were John Ridley on Batman, Francis uh, Mampola on Aquaman, but something seems to be taking its place in the time scope, if not continually with DC Comics, and it's, it's also its digital comics and active. The kind of thing might be all collected in later graphic novels format for comic book stores or bookstores. Let's call the original DC, the original digital comics, shall we? Uh, I heard the names mentioned DC Comics in association with whatever this is: Warren Ellis, Chip Zdarsky, Matt Fraction. And that is and that is what is involved with the new version of Superman and Batman. That is it, nothing more. It came from well connected comic book creators who but who knows how things will change even in a short retelling. So I take it DC's wanting to move into digital. Bit of a digi- I think they should do digital books. Um I mean, you know, not end or print line but I think that uh, DC should take an advantage I mean like they have AT&T and AT&T does a lot of digital things so they're going to do like they're going to take advantage of it you know I mean I've been like um, it's kind of funny though I was talking to my uh, my cousin's husband who is a musician, a musician, you know, and stuff like that. And he was, I was telling about this crazy idea about wanting to do a comic book store. And he's like, oh, that'd be cool. Like, you know, I mean, he was like, you know, there's not a lot of stores like that in our area, the rural area (laughs) and stuff. And, and we were talking about you know, business stuff. I was, I was saying it like, you know, it'd be a great vast market because where we're at, nobody has ever thought of like, you know, we should do it. We should open up a comic shop. And it was kind of funny though. My cousin who works, um, my cousin who's a manager at a store, a big store, Wally world in union, she was just like, you should just do it. (laughs) 
you know you know everything about you know everything about comics you're smart with money <laughs> I was just like that's debatable <laughs> and she's just like you know the marketplace the market you know and that is the point like a lot of comic shops are not in rural areas where I live they are in a city area and to be honest there's a few people who live where I live who will not drive in the city before and after the protest before the protest no one drove in the city after the protest nobody drove into the city so nobody really wanted to go in that area to just buy books and just come back people go online to buy that shit and I mean there is you know countries and places that don't have comic shops and they have no choice but to buy online or buy digital and I take it with DC they want to go for the jugular they want to go for the digital they want to you know and I think that's why Mile High Comics is kind of pissed because they make a market on selling books online and DC's ready to go for the jugular by fucking up that operation and just going, we're doing digital. And that's the thing about it is, you know, <clears throat> I think that's a great thing that, you know, they want to do digital. I mean, like that was brought up Germany and I know people in Germany that don't have comic shops. And they love comics, and they love the characters, and they want to read the books, the current stories. That's a great thing for DC to do. DC could go for that. They could go for that market. And that would be a great thing for them, to go into that market and get those customers and stuff. Marvel, on the other hand, Marvel's been... Marvel did the same thing. I mean, they have the unlimited, and I don't have that because I don't want it. <laughs> and I, have, I haven't I have read, like, any good Marvel books. It's kind of funny, though. Like, my my nieces... My, my oldest niece and my oldest nephew are into the comics uh, and stuff. Like, my oldest niece is a big fan of Batwoman... She likes the Predator books now, like the Predator, um, the new Predator comics came out by, I think, um, I forget who published it, but it's based on the movie Predator, and she likes that, she likes the movie, the, you know, with Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, and stuff, and my nephew, of course, is reading Spider-Man Noir and stuff, and... And stuff. So, I mean, like, there are people who are interested in comics, and there are people who are not interested in comics, and I don't, you know, like, it's kind of funny, though, because I, it's kind of funny, though, I kind of pissed off uh, this weekend, I, I pissed off, like, a lot of people. <laughs> uh, one of the people I pissed off was my my oldest niece's uh, fiance, husband, whatever he is, I don't really fucking care. Um, it's he he does not like 
books. He does not like reading. And it's a miracle that this kid graduated high school. <laughs> I He does not like reading books. He, he finds reading lazy. <laughs> and I listen to this fucker rant on Sunday about reading. And this dude is like the most retarded person on the planet. He he is like the people that is in that uh, hardcore wrestling documentary. Except I think those fuckers are smarter than him. <laughs> he talked about comics. He's just like, I don't understand comics. I think comics are just for, you know, you know, people who can't read books. And I said, I'm like, motherfucker, you don't even read. <laughs> like, and he was just like looking at me. I was just like, you you don't know, you don't read books. I took you and my niece to half price books and you didn't want to, be, you were complaining that there was a bunch of books in there. And I was just like, it's a bookstore, you fucking idiot. And he was just like, well, you know, you know, anime, you know, Dragon Ball Z is better than comics. And I'm like, and this is his exact quote. Like, he mocked my nephew who likes Spider-Man. He's a big Spider-Man fan. He called my nephew, this is his quote, faggot, you know, for liking Spider-Man. And when I heard that, I was just like, I was like, you call him a faggot from... A dude who watches Dragon Ball Z about dudes carrying Dragon Balls. <laughs> You're calling him a fag for liking Spider-Man. For being a Spider-Man fan. <laughs> this dude is just like retarded. I honestly think that he is not right in the head. And a lot of people think that I'm rude just for saying that. I'm just being honest. I don't know how this dude graduated high school without reading books. You have to read to learn stuff. Your mind, your brain is like a sponge. You need to soak in information. Because that's what people do. They learn, they read. They want to know more. I mean, how the hell are you supposed to know what goes on in the news without reading anything? And shit, like... And I'd be honest with you. Talking to this kid... I'd rather bash my head against a brick wall. <laughs> because I cannot stand... Talking to this dude... This kid, I'm, he's not a dude, I'm going to say kid, because he acts like a kid. I just, I cannot stand <laughs> I cannot stand him. And stuff, and... and my, it was funny, though, my sister, you know, heard about, you know, my parents, you know, going on a road trip and stuff, and... And stuff, and my sister's like, oh, well, you know, we'll come by check on you I was just like no if if that if if he comes I will kill him <laughs> like I like I was just like I that's the thing about it like I 
I, I know I come off like an asshole to people, but it's just like, I cannot, I cannot stand people who are just idiots. <laughs> who, you know, criticize people for reading books and reading comics and stuff. And that's the thing about, you know, people like him. Is they are just one of the most uneducated people on the planet if they don't like reading. You have to read. Like, there was this quote I always, I always love. I always love this quote is, when you read a book, when you read a book or a comic, you're, you're living another life. <clears throat> and that meaning is, when you read that book, you are in another world. You're living another life. And it's your, you know, it's your life and stuff. And I always found that amusing. And I, I always, I, I not amusing, but I always find that comment, that, that quote endearing. Um, you know, it's like when you read Harry Potter, you spent seven years in Hogwarts. <laughs> or you read Twilight, you're... You're spending, I think, four books in that in that world and stuff. Or um, Tom Sawyer, or Little House in the Prairie, or uh, The Old Man in the Sea, you know, or you know, stuff like that. I always find those comment. I always find that quote, and you know, really endearing because when you read those books, when you you know, read Frankenstein or Dracula or The Invisible Man, which is one of my favorites. Um, you know, you're just you're living a life in a different world and stuff. And it's kind of like that with comics. Like when you read uh, Batman, you're in a venture in Gotham. You're fighting criminals and stuff like that. And scare. It's kind of scary how. <laughs> I remember I seen this photo. I got to, I got to retweet it on Twitter. Somebody took a screen grab of Gotham and the riot in New York, and how in the same area, and how eerie it looks. But, um, or you know, Spider Man, you're in New York fighting, you know, Doc Ock or um, Rhino or Green Goblin or you know. Sandman <laughs> and stuff. Um, anyway, so let's see what else is on here. Um, The internet's running slow. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. 
This is kind of interesting. I want to read this one. Uh, this involves Gotham. Speaking of Gotham City, uh, this is a comic book uh, CBR.com article. Why does Gotham City have so many abandoned amusement, amusement parks? And they're and they're look for the long resolve comic book plots. Um, CSBG sees why Gotham City has so many abandoned amu- abandoned amusement parks, ready for villains to use as their bases. <laughs> Uh, this one's always, this one always, you know, makes me laugh and stuff. I, you know, I, I love amusement parks. I love like Six Flags and no, we're, we're not going this year because of, uh, their reservations and you have to wear masks and stuff. And I'm just like, pass. (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, so uh, this is provided provided uh, some answers in which a future long unresolved plot points of eventually resolved. Recently in our our readers uh, chat about the Nightfall crossover where we discussed Batman 495 where Joker and Scarecrow lured the Gotham City Police Department to an aban- abandoned amusement park. We wonder... We wonder about why Gotham had so many abandoned amusement parks. After all, that's also the setup in the Batman killing joke. And during No Man's Land, a comic book that should be made into an animated movie, it is established that there is even even a part of Gotham City called Amusement Mile. That'd be a great name for a comic book. Com- uh, comic book store, Amusement Mile Comics. Thank you. I have now officially come. I, fi- I finally officially came up with a name for my comic book store. If I ever open one, Amusement Mile Comics, because I love, like I said, I love Batman No Man's Land story. Like that is like one of my favorite, favorite, um, stories. Like I just. I would love to see like a giant like movie trilogy based on that story. Live action or animated. I just want to see that story just come to life in a movie. And it was that's I think that's why I love I think that's why I love Dark Knight Rises is just like they sort of use No Man's Land where Bane cuts off the bridge in Gotham to the rest of the world and you know and all that. I mean not Bane but the military cuts off the bridge from you know Gotham to the rest of the world. Um, I think it's why I just I I like that story, I like that film so much. Is it's just how you get to see Gotham be sort of, you know, you know, abandoned. Um, but anyway, I'm sure somebody came up with that name for their store. <laughs> But why is there a whole big area of Gotham City that is just an abandoned amusement park? <laughs> and there is. You have Cassandra Kane who's just like standing on a rooftop and you see like this entire amusement park that is like a big section of Gotham. 
maybe I don't know. Maybe somebody in the comics just love amusement parks. Who knows? As well, a reader, Tom A., who is who was in the chat, wrote to me the answer. In Gotham and Batman: Streets of Gotham, number four, by Paul Dini, we learned that uh, we learned that when Gotham City was more of an industrial town, a great war. A great war grew up between two business two business uh, businessmen to, to develop the best amusement park to get all of the spare money from labors of Gotham. But when the factories closed, the amusement park all went out of business, and a new villain named the Broker purchased them and began to rent them all out to supervillains who were looking for headquarters. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I actually love that. Whoever is the broker is the best villain ever. Are you looking for a headquarters? Yes, I got two amusement parks. Um, which one do you want? Do we got one with clowns and we got one with no clowns? Um, we got a Ferris wheel in one, and uh, we got a giant roller coaster in the other. <laughs> and I imagine the Joker going like, "Oh, that is a tough choice. Tough choice. I, I think we'll go with the one with the Ferris wheel." <laughs> and you remember in Arkham City, Joker has his own headquarters, which is an abandoned amusement park where there is a giant Ferris wheel, and and that Ferris wheel are nothing but bodies. <laughs> it was just like. Anyway, that is kind of fucked up. And there you have it. Thanks to Tom's suggestion and the answer. So, I gotta read that issue. Because that's gotta be a good one. <sighs> anyway, uh. Sorry, I woke up at like 5 in the morning. So, and Lilo just woke up now. Uh, anyway. I'll be honest, I don't know who would show up at at my house at like 7 in the morning. Probably neighbors. Neighbors are probably just being loud. Anyway, um, so... Let's see what's other. Let's see what else is in the uh, news and stuff. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, this one's interesting. Director Josh Trank, uh, director of the Craptastic Four, I mean, Fantastic Four. Um, recently, I take it, is trying to, like, um, get credibility back. Because, I don't know if anybody remembers, when he did the Fantastic Four, his directing career just basically went down the toilet. Because he went, I think, I take it, batshit crazy while making 
about um, you know he basically went crazy while making the Fantastic Four movie he uh, Fantastic Four Fantastic Four director Josh Trank recently discussed about his tremendous experience with 20th Century Fox where he declared he had no interest in watching a movie watching a movie about a bunch of white people Trank appeared on the First Cut YouTube channel where he revealed he originally wanted a black Sue Storm and detailed his battles with Fox executives over the direction of the movie. Uh, in the middle of talking about his de- decision to cast Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm in the film, Trank said, So the question of diversity, it was maybe like a second thought, to be honest, you know? Because it wasn't really like I didn't think about that uh, that that as much being because sorry I didn't think about that much because to me that that's by default you need diversity in movies. I d- I never understand people who you know like. They talk about diversity and stuff, and they make they make a big deal about it. And I mean, if you look at the '60s Batman uh, TV show, there was diversity. Like in season three, you had Eartha Kitt as the first African American black woman, a uh, black Catwoman. Uh, you know, and you had Cesar Romero as the first Latin Joker. You know, and that was the best part of the show. Was just you didn't know, like that was the best part of the show. Like you didn't even realize, like oh, you know, because Eartha Kitt, you know, who's a brilliant person, you know, spoke about diversity, uh, equal rights, and all that. She was the first black woman to play Catwoman, and that was like the cool part about it. Then you had Halle Berry come in, and now you have. Um, uh, Zoe Kravitz and Ed is really cool you know like and stuff and I'm you know you have to hand it to the 60s Batman show because they did that peace signs <laughs> and you have to hand it to the 60s Batman show because they opened the door for that and Cesar Romero who is like the best Joker ever <laughs> I will fight anybody to the death over that because Cesar Romero you know is a fascinating person who I wish people would talk more about like that's the thing that always bothered me it's just everybody's just like Joker you immediately think Joaquin Phoenix you think of Heath Ledger you think of Jack Nicholson you think of Mark Hamill it's like what about Caesar? like he he did a great job with Joker like and I just wish people would just talk about him. Like, people need to talk about Cesar Romero. He's, you know, he was one of the best jokers, in my opinion. Like, he had to laugh. He had, like, and I remember they did this reunion of the Batman cast of the show when they were talking about, I think, Batman Returns or Batman. 
89 Batman? I forget. Um, and when you see, they had like uh, Burgess Meredith and Cesar Romero like sitting together. They were like in a different state and they had Adam West and um, Julie Newmar together because they're always together when they talk about Batman. Um, <laughs> and hearing them talk about it, it was just like they were like proud of what they did. They were so happy of what they did. And Cesar Romero, of course, saying like, I had the best time ever doing that show. And, and Burgess Meredith saying the same thing. And, you know, like seeing them all together, like you could tell, like they enjoyed it. Like they loved dressing up in the characters and they love playing those characters and stuff. And that was so cool about, uh, that and I remember like one they did they had three of the Catwoman actresses you had Eartha Kitt you had Julie Newmar Lee Merriweather all together and they were just like talking about Catwoman they talked about how they each respected each other and they took different approaches playing Catwoman and stuff like you know uh, Julie Newmar's character was you know Selena Kyle Catwoman um I take it that's what she was, like Selena Kyle Catwoman. And you had uh, Lee Merriweather as the Russian Catwoman. She had like this, you know, accent and and stuff. And Eartha Kitt was just straight up badass Catwoman. <laughs> like she was, she was the Catwoman that, te- that took no shit from nobody. <laughs> that was that was Eartha Kitt's Catwoman. She just. Like, I love the one part where the Joker gets out of, like, they did, like, episodes in season three where the characters were paired up together because they had to save, you know, money on the budget, so they had to pair characters together and stuff. And they had, like, um, Eartha Kitt's Catwoman, and they had Cesar Romero's Joker in one episode, and she drove in the Catmobile, and she pulled up next to Cesar Romero, who's, like, walking on the sidewalk, <laughs> And she's like, get in. (laughs) That was just like, that was like my favorite part of Eartha Kitt's Catwoman. Because it was just like, that was so badass. (laughs) She had like a cat in the one seat and she's like in the driver's seat. And Cesar Romero's Joker's in the passenger seat. And they all drove off together. Like, you've never seen that before, ever. (laughs) That's what... That's what made it so funny and entertaining and stuff. And, you know, and Halle Berry's Catwoman, I never got to talk about that version of Catwoman, uh, besides it being awful. But also, at the same time, it fell in the same category <clears throat> as Birds of Prey did. Like, except this Catwoman film just fell harder um because i I take it with birds of prey they were setting up the platform for batman to appear in it um you know i think i take it to appear like when the show ends or some big event you know type thing um halle berry's catwoman was the same you know like as it but they never addressed 
any of the characters. They never addressed uh, Batman. They don't even mention Batman, to be honest. Um, they never addressed, you know, a Gotham City and, and and stuff like. I mean, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman does make an appearance, but only in a photograph cameo. You know. Um, but Halle Berry's Catwoman, you know, she. I mean, like when you think about it on paper and stuff, Halle Berry being cast as Catwoman isn't a bad choice. wasn't a bad choice, but the script and everything to it and the way it was filmed was just awful. <laughs> it was just an awful movie and stuff. And I, I, I just felt like that was just the problem with it. Um, in my opinion. And, Zoe Kravitz, of course, now playing Catwoman. I think she's going to knock it out of the ballpark. I think they have an actress who's determined, who really wants to show everybody, I could do this. And plus, this is a big platform movie to, you know, launch her into superstardom and stuff and get, you know, her name out there and stuff. And, and and I think for her, you know, for her, you know, when you say you know the name Zoe Kravitz, you think of Lenny Kravitz, her dad, uh, her mom, Jason Momoa, or, and her stepdad, Jason Momoa, Aquaman. But for her, playing Catwoman, this could be like this is her stepping out of you know their shadow and be like I am my own person, and stuff. And, of course, she did the Hulu TV series based on uh, that one movie. And i seen a couple episodes of it. I like it. It wasn't a bad show. I didn't finish the series, to be honest. But I watched a couple episodes. And um, so, I mean, like, I ended up, like, watching King of the Hill. And I ended up watching that the crazy fucking wrestling documentary. <laughs> It's just, I was just like, this documentary. <laughs> and I remember after watching it, like, I should just stuck with that show on Hulu. <laughs> Instead, I hear about a redneck, you know, saying, like, we got kicked out of that, that building over there. When the cops showed up, none of us knew what to do. And, of course, the guy saying, I lost a nut in that one match. After hearing all that shit, I was just like, these people should have been on Jerry Springer <laughs> and stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see what other question there is. Do you think Ben? Aff- do you think Affleck's Batman movie will happen now with the Snyder Cut and AT and T and all that? Uh, you got to remember, like, AT and T part is just rumors um i mean you know it's just rumors and stuff and i'll be honest i mean i don't know like uh i mean two batman films at the same time next year is not bad uh, <laughs> you get justice league and you get the robert pattinson batman um i i mean i'll be honest with you i don't know like i i mean for me like i would love to see more um I mean, I, this is my honest opinion of it. I, you know, as much as I am a big, you know, fan of Ben Aff- Ben Affleck's, you know, big fan of Ben Affleck's work and stuff, 
you know, Ben Affleck's a great actor and stuff, but you got to remember he was in a very rough spot when he was doing Justice League. He was in a very rough, rough part of his life. He was dealing with alcohol issues. He was dealing with a lot of shit, and he was, you know, dealing with the Joss Whedon, you know, director, you know, reshoots and all that shit. Um, the question is, it would he? Would he want to do it? Is the true question. I don't know if he would want to play Batman. I, I think he seemed pretty happy going like, I am not playing Batman. I am not Batman anymore. <laughs> I think he was pretty happy and relieved that he didn't have to do the Batman role anymore. Um, I don't, you know... And the thing about it is... Um... For me, I just want to see the Snyder Cut film. That's what I just want to see. Um, you know, like... I I like to see the you know Ben Affleck film and stuff, but I just want to read the story. I want to read the script. And I would really like to see his script turn into, like, a... kick-ass animated movie. Like, the way they did Batman Ninja. Like, I would love to see that. <laughs> that would be really awesome. Or see it in a comic book. Or a video game, whatever. Um, that would be really cool. Like, I would love to see that. But, you know, like... To be honest with you, I'd I be honest with you. I really don't want to see him do another Batman movie. That's just my opinion. I know it seems kind of like... I know a lot of people are like, you know, hypocrite. You love, you know, the you know Ben Affleck Batman run. But, you know, I'm being honest. Like, a guy who suffers from depression, you know, alcohol issues, you, do you really want to put that stress on him for doing to do a Batman movie? And if it turns out to be a phenomenal Batman movie, then you want a sequel, then you want to, you know, do you really want to do that to the guy? Like, do you really want to pressure him into it? I mean, like, if you ever watch a YouTube video of him being asked about Batman... He was fucking annoyed with it. <laughs> like, he was promoting his one movie, um, The Town, which is... Not The Town. Um, the Accountant. The Accountant, which is a really good film, by the way. They kept asking about Batman. And it's just like, the dude's in a good fucking movie. Like, And when he d- um, did that one movie, that uh, passion project of his, that... Wasn't that didn't turn out to be really good? Um, I think "Live by Night." I think is what it's called. Again, they asked him about Batman. What are you going to do, a Batman movie? And when he did that uh, Netflix movie with uh, Charlie Hunnam from Sons of Anarchy, again they asked him like, "Why did you quit Batman? What is your next Batman movie going to be about?" Like they just they they hounded the guy about Batman and. You know, I think that's just what bothered him a lot was just that. And when he talked finally about it, where he said like when he did the uh, the reshoots and stuff, where where he just didn't enjoy it, he didn't enjoy the reshoots. He just got annoyed with it. You kind of see his point of like why he didn't want to do Batman anymore. And not only that, but they sort of pressured him into quitting Batman, where they're just like you know you'll kill yourself when you do this film. Like, 
So, to be honest, like, you kind of don't blame the dude for, you know, wanting out of playing Batman and stuff. And I seen his one movie he did, um, The Way Back. That was a good movie. Like, that was... It's a very heartbreaking film to see a guy struggling and stuff, but it was a good movie. Like, he just... I think he deserves a Golden Globe for that, you know, portrayal and performance and stuff. Um, he he definitely deserved one when he played uh, George Reeves in Hollywoodland. Hollywoodland's like, a, a, you know, great film, by the way. Very insightful about George Reeves, the guy who is the second Superman. <laughs> who played, you know, I know a lot of people say he was the first Superman. It's like, technically, it was Kirk Allen. <laughs> Um, and Kirk Allen actually appeared in the Superman the movie, the Christopher Reeve one, where he played Lois Lane's dad, him and uh, Newell, Newell Neal, uh, who played uh, Lois Lane and stuff. And Jimmy Olsen played by, um, I forget his name, shit. The guy who played Jimmy Olsen in the TV show appeared in the Superman Returns movie as the bartender. And, uh, yeah, that was fun fact for those who didn't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so people would be like, he's, he, I know a lot of people are like, you know Superman. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, here's a question. Did you get to read Catwoman 80? I'm always asked that question. I did not. I am going to order the book, um, after the show on Amazon. I didn't get to read it, unfortunately. I, I heard a lot of people say, like, it's really good and and stuff. It's I got, a, like, a lot of questions about Helena story. And that's what bothers me. It's just, like, I didn't get to read it, okay? <laughs> My comic shop closed because of protesting. They're in St. Louis County, and they, clo- they closed because of protesting, right? <laughs> I didn't get to read it. And um, I, I, that's what bothered me. I was just, like, a lot of people were just, like, bombarded me with like questions and comments about how good the Helena story is and I'm just like fuck you I didn't get to read it (laughs) so um anyway yeah I didn't get to um I didn't get to read it so yeah I, I I heard a lot of things about it um I heard a lot of things about Tom King's Helena story that a lot of people talked about and stuff and I know Joker's coming out, and I'm just like, I didn't get to read fucking Joker yet. <laughs> so, I'm going to order the Catwoman story, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to like it. Because I love Catwoman, so that's, I'm going to read that. So, and I know, because one of the reasons besides Helena is the uh, uh, Julie Newmar Catwoman stories in it, and I really want to read that one too. So, um, yeah. Uh, here's a question. What stories have you been writing? Um, man, a lot of people ask me questions about that one. Um, I've been writing a lot of stories. I've, I've been working on a novel uh, for a while. Um, the novel's titled How the Fuck Am I Normal? Um, <laughs> that's the one novel I've been working on. Um, basically, it's about my life, somewhat. That's why it's titled "Why the Fuck Am I Normal?" Um, so, 
I'm kidding. Nah, it's not titled that. It's called uh, How the Fuck Am I Normal. So, um, that's what it's called. I don't know. Changing the title pretty soon, but I've been working. On, I've been writing Batman stuff, like um, my zombie Batman story, Gotham Undead, Gotham Undead, and I've been writing the one Batman story that I just I've been really enjoying writing, which is um. I mean, there's like several Batman stories I've been working on. Streets, uh, Streets of Gotham. One which is about um, inspired by the Frank Miller Batman script, oddly enough. <clears throat> uh, Arkham High. One I've been working on as well. So I've been doing like edits. I, I, the, the story's finished, but I've just been doing edits and stuff to sort of like tie it to the sequel and stuff and I've been working on the sequel one so that's what I've been working on which is pretty cool so um yeah you know I know somebody dared me to write a Superman story <laughs> that's that's the funny thing about it it's just like I know a lot of people like, it's just like if you could write a Superman story what would it look like I I, I jokingly said, like, well, look at the Superman Live script, then you could see it. Um, you know, I, I, I've been, been telling people about the Superman Lives movie, and it's kind of hard to, like, sell it to people, like, once you, once you mention, like, Nicolas Cage as Superman, it's hard to sell it, because people think of, like, the wacky, crazy Nicolas Cage. But, I've been telling I, I I've been telling people like you need to like rewatch some of Nicolas Cage's old you know films and stuff. And Nicolas Cage is a really, really good actor and stuff. And and he's and he and he is really a good actor. Like I I tell people like you need to go check out like go see like gone in 60 seconds uh leaving las vegas which is like one of his best best movies ever um national treasure family man um you know kick ass and he was really good in uh into the Spider-Verse. He played uh, Spider-Man Spider-Man Noir. Um, you know. But Leaving Las Vegas, I highly, highly recommend because he plays a guy who um, it's based on a novel where it follows an alcoholic screenwriter played by Nicolas Cage as he drinks himself into Oblivion in Las Vegas when Ben meets the beautiful Saria they strike a unconventional relationship one where she can't ask him to curb his drinking and he can't fault her for her job though they offer each other support Ben's self-destruction threatens the eclipse uh, threatens to eclipse their bond it's a really it's a really beautiful movie and you get to see Nicolas Cage play this sort of like 
vulnerable person. And when you you see this guy who's having this self-destruction issue and this vulnerability and and stuff and you're just like you never get to see that much in Superman. Like I mean, you do get to see it in Superman at times, but you never get to see the 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 look of a person who you're just like, I can't believe that's a superhero. <laughs> and I th- I think, you know, the problem is when you look at like, um, you know, you do a side-by-side comparison. You look at Nicolas Cage and you look at Henry Cavill or Cavill. I forget how they pronounce his last name, but you look at the Man of Steel actor, Henry Cavill. You're like, this dude is Superman. Because, you know, he has a square jaw, you know, and stuff. But when you look at Nicolas Cage, you're just like, I can't, I have a hard time believing that dude could be an alien from another planet and stuff. And, you know, for me, like, you know, if I had to write a Superman story, I would write it, you know, about Clark Kent and stuff. And that's the problem with, like, Superman today, like the comics, I, I was flipping through the pages of the pages of Superman that Bendis has been writing. I'll be honest with you, like I, I haven't enjoyed it. I, I, I didn't enjoy looking at the book and stuff because he cut out the most important part that makes Superman Superman, which is Clark Kent. You know, like if I wrote Superman, it'd be basically taking my own experiences as a person and putting it in Clark Kent, you know, and stuff. Like, you know, Clark Kent deals with anxiety. He deals with not being able to be comfortable in his own skin and stuff. Like, he just... And he has this hard time controlling the anxiety within him because, you know, he's just like, you know, trying to fit in and try to be human and he has all these difficulties of trying to be somebody, you know, because people are like, you need to be Clark Kent. You need to be human. And you kind of see that at tidbits in Man of Steel, where Jonathan Kent is just like, you can't show your powers to people. You can't because people will not accept you. People will be afraid of you. They'd be afraid of what you can do and stuff. And you kind of saw, like, you you saw that and you're just like, that's what makes Superman. It's just this guy trying to, you know, hold everything together and and stuff. And you kind of saw, like, what the negativity of it could be, in, like, in Brightburn, like, <laughs> and stuff. And... That is one movie I hope they do sequels to, like Brightburn and shit. Like, that would be fucking awesome. I would love to see, like, you know, I would love to see, like, different takes of superhero films, like, you know, like what they did with Joker and stuff. Um, but anyway, like, you know, for me, like, I would love to see, you know, a Superman story where Clark Kent is dealing with, you know, anxiety and shit, like, and stuff like you know but instead you know Bendis had to take out the Clark Kent part and said put in you know all Superman 
But anyway. Um, yeah. I wonder if they're going to do a Brightburn sequel. That'd be interesting, though. Like, hmm. I did see I. I did see the uh, Brightburn Halloween costume at uh, Spirit Halloween store. I did. Uh, that was. That was kind of like the. That was the freakiest thing. Um, they had like the bright burn costume and stuff like. But yeah, I would love to see. I did get to watch. I did watch Bright Burn again. That like that was just that is one of those movies that. Um, man, that was a good film. Like I, it's kind of funny though. Like my. My one cousin never seen it. We we were talking about films and stuff, and I was just like, "Have you seen Bright Burn?" They're like, "We walked past it. I never got to see it." I was like, "That is a good film. <laughs> that film is just. I would love to see that. I would love to see films like Bright Burn happen, like, and stuff. Um, you know, like, I, I, you know, seeing like the ending and stuff where they had like the witch woman, the uh, Aquaman type character. I would love to see those type of films. I I think that would be awesome though, like um I know they had like Rain Wilson like make a make a cameo, uh reprising his role in Super where he played like this Batman type character who takes down Kevin Bacon's crew and stuff. Uh Super's a good film, but you know, it's one of those like tough films to sit through and stuff because it has like it's a comedy. It's like a dark. It's a very dark comedy type film. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's one of those things. So, we're wrapping up the podcast um, and stuff. Um, So anyway, so anyway, uh, we will be back. I, I think tomorrow we'll do another uh, another show tomorrow. And so anyway, um, one of the things I, I have to say, like, we will come back. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. We will be doing uh, story again. We'll be reading. One of the stories we had to pick something out to read. Uh, so anyway, I will be uh, back tomorrow, and uh, hope everyone uh, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I hope everybody stays safe uh, during this time, and uh, you know, the world's crazy, but you know, we're all in the same boat together. So. Anyway, uh, we will be uh, reading the story. I don't know which story we'll be reading. I am going to, I guess, Batman versus Predator. I know I talked about it 
couple times and stuff, and I know I talked about wanting to read that one, but, you know, I don't know, like, there's some stories I want to read, like, um, I know one book I bought, which was pretty cool, Batman Houdini, for like $2 at half price, half price books and stuff, and I've been reading that one, I really enjoyed it, uh, so, and it's an Elseworlds story, and I love those and stuff, and I would love to see, like, Elseworlds stories be made into, like, movies and stuff, like, Gotham by Gaslight into, like, a live-action movie, that would be, like, spectacular and stuff, and, of course, Batman Hollywood Night, which is, like, one of my favorites, um, I would love to see, like, Batman Hollywood Night made into a film, and you get to have, like, I would love to see it, I would love to see that, and see Michael Caine play a cowboy Alfred Pennyworth. The closest that that has ever been made is in the movie Secondhand Lions. <laughs> you have Robert Duvall, Michael Caine, which, for those who never seen it, I highly recommend it. Secondhand Lions is like one of I think one of the most underrated films around and it's about um this kid played by uh Haley Joe Osmond who is dumped off by his mom to to her like uncles and stuff played by Robert Duvall and Michael Caine and they are both like retired and they were adventurers and stuff and they're, they believe that they're still young at heart you know Robert Duvall still believes he's young but he's you know older and and stuff and they uh, adopt this they, they they order this lion they you know, order this lion. They imagine it like being this, you know, lion type, you know, king and stuff to shoot because they, you know, I don't know why, but they end up getting this old lion, lioness, this old, you know, female lion and stuff, and who runs in her cornfield and um, and Robert Duvall, and Michael Caine's like, we can't shoot it. <laughs> it's old like us. We can't shoot it. And the boy played by, you know, Haley Joe Osmond becomes friends with this lioness and she becomes sort of like the protector of him and it's a really, you know, um, it's a really beautiful film and stuff like, and the boy's like, I don't know, I don't understand why the lioness likes me and Robert Duvall's like, well, she looks at you like you're her cub, you know. And it's a really, it's a really beautiful film, and Michael Caine is just brilliant. Like any film Michael Caine is in, Michael Caine is brilliant because you know he is Michael Caine. <laughs> I still, I, I still think like to me like he's. I know a lot of people always say like the guy who played Alfred in Gotham is the best, which he is. He's a good Alfred, like you know. But Michael Caine just brought so much to Alfred. And Batman, like he, you know, like he is like in the film Dark Knight Rises. It just showed how important he was in that film. He was just like once Alfred left, everything 
you know, Bruce realized that his support is gone. And, you know, like, that's just kind of how important, you know. And that just showed how powerful of a presence Michael Caine is as an actor. It's just like once he's, you know, like once his character leaves, you realize everything's just not the same and stuff. And I don't know how they did not give Michael Caine an Oscar nomination for his portrayal of Alfred in Dark Knight Rises, but that is a crime itself because, you know, when you see him in in the one part of the film, and I always point this out, like how damn good of an actor he is, where he, um, you know, says to Bruce, like, you know, like talking about how he heard, you know, him cry, echo, and at home, Wayne Manor, how it affected him and stuff, and him saying, like, I am not going to bury another member, you know, basically saying, I'm not going to bury another member of my family, like, that that part was just like man that that hit you know and stuff and the guy who plays alfred in the batman movie with pattinson man i i wish him luck because like as much as i like jeremy irons but man they could not fill in the shoes that michael kane left as alfred because michael kane man he just you know he knocked out of the ballpark like he was big part of that film like and stuff and I love the ending and I know a lot of people always debated like they were like is it like the ending of Inception did was it all a dream and I'm just like no <laughs> no I I don't believe it was a dream like I believe that was real like and stuff and I love that ending and I I wish they would have you know like had them sit together and stuff but you know I I love that ending. That was a good ending. You know, Alfred seeing Bruce and Selena make it out alive of Gotham. And, oh, that was a good ending. That was a good, that is a perfect ending for a trilogy. You know, and I, I remember um, seeing it and, the, you know, seeing it when, you know, when it came out on DVD. I didn't get to see it in theaters, like, and stuff. Um, I remember me and my dad were watching it. My dad was like, I can't wait to see this movie. We're, and he go, and I remember the ending. He goes, I don't get the ending. <laughs> and I had to explain it to him, like, I'm like, the, don't you get it? Like, Bruce had the happy ending. Bruce Wayne, Alfred, Selena, they got the happy ending. They got, they got to make it out alive in Gotham. And I, and he was just like, and he's like, the pip squeak's gonna be the new Batman. <laughs> Referring to Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, um, and stuff like, I like the the part and how it should have ended, um, you know where Clark Kent goes, "Hi Alfred, sorry Bruce made you cry," <laughs> and uh, Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, you know. Um, thinks the bat suit's gonna come up and it's it's a robin suit and he goes heck no i ain't wearing that (laughs) i i love that that was that was that was funny though uh but anyway um 
so anyway, we'll we'll be back. We'll be reading, uh, I guess, Batman Houdini. Um, for those who don't know, Harry Houdini is a magician, and you know. So, anyway, we'll be back. Um, we'll be reading that story and stuff. So everybody, see you tomorrow, and stay safe, and yeah, you know, see you tomorrow. <laughs>